0: open the floodgates of heaven. Hello, this is Reverend Erike Maku. I'm glad to come to you through this medium. As you listen to the word of God today, I pray that you will be impacted. Your life will be transformed and you experience God. Kingdom blessings. Praise the Lord. Please let's take our seats. It's our month of the cross and I want to share something along that line. Praise the Lord. Let's kindly share a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to receive from you. As your word comes, Lord, our hearts are ready to receive. Precious Lord, we pray that you glorify yourself in our midst. May we live here never the same. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. I'm sharing something I've titled, The Father's Love. Like I said, it's in line with our theme for the month, which is the cross. The cross, for us as believers, has a very significant role to play in our lives. It's a symbol of our victory, victory over sin, victory over death, and most importantly, is an expression of God's unconditional love for us. The Bible says in John chapter three, verse sixteen that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Love is one of the most used words in our lives, day in and day out. It has different expressions, different meanings, sometimes based on encounters, sometimes based on experiences, and a whole lot. But when we look at 1 Corinthians 13, it gives us an idea of what love is. Most importantly, it places emphasis on love trying to tell us that our actions, our intents, our words, everything we do without love means nothing, which literally means our life has meaning only if whatever we do or whatever we become includes love. And God, the Bible makes us understand that he loved us so much that is why he gave his only begotten son. John 3.16 gives us a clear expression of his demonstration, of his love towards us. He sent his son to die on the cross for us. But as believers, it's important to also express that kind of love. And what we see is in First John chapter 1 First John chapter 1, verse 7 to 9. 1 John chapter 4, sorry. Verse 7 to 9, that, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Hallelujah. And like I said, God's unconditional love made him do something for us. We used to give his only begotten son. And that act of love today as we are, we are seated here brought so many benefits to our lives. And I want us to look at a few of them. The Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 to 23, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God's love for us goes beyond our faults, it goes beyond our weaknesses. His mercy never ceases. Even in our weakness, He's merciful. Even when all all evidence leveled against us proves that we are guilty, God still shows us mercy. That goes a long way to explain the fact that His love towards us is not as a result of what we've done, but it's actually His nature. He's just a loving God and continues to show us mercy day in and day out. Ephesians 2 verse 45 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. God's love every single day of our lives continues to speak on our behalf. He continues to show us mercy every now and then. We are even saved as a result of his mercy upon us. Sometimes I imagined what our lives would become if God had decided not to do anything about sin from the beginning. As a matter of fact, we are rather at fault. But yes, he chose to do something to rather draw us to himself. That shows how merciful he is as a father. That is why as a child of God, seated here, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you are going through, you should never in any situation write yourself off. Never. Because if God looks beyond your faults and still shows you mercy, why would you consider your circumstances? Why would you consider what you've done to weigh you down and prevent you from enjoying his mercy which is shown towards us? It's just like how we have the GPS You know, when you're going somewhere and then you miss a turn, it says recalculating. There's also what we call divine GPS, which is the mercy of God. God's mercy makes it possible for us to realign our lives back when we make track. So at any point in time, we should never allow whatever we've been through. We may have messed up, yes, but yes, His mercy continues to endure forever, and His love never fails. Most importantly, sometimes, not sometimes, it's assumed that the mercy of God is only for sinners. That is how sometimes even believers think that it's only those who have sinned or sinners or unbelievers who deserve the mercy of God. But the mercy of God is for every one of us. It is that which compels God to move on our behalf regardless of what we've done. So you can go through everything in life, but the mercy of God can still make provision. The mercy of God is that provision he has made to cater for our limitation. That is why no matter the height you achieve in life, we should never attribute it to our doing. Because that provision has been made. Life is full of ups and downs. It is never a straight road you get to a point where certain things will limit you. It is at that point where the mercy of God speaks on your behalf. Imagine finding yourself in a company where your qualification and everything shows you don't deserve that particular position you are occupying or you are vying for. But yes, though, some way, somehow, everybody is bypassed and you are selected. That can only be by the mercies of God. So it is what compels God to move on our behalf regardless of our circumstances. And that's why Jonah chapter 4, Jonah chapter 2 verse 8 says, They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. There is a provision of mercy that has been allocated to every one of us, which is supposed to cater for our weaknesses, which is supposed to cater for our limitations. You forsake that mercy which has been provided for you when you think you can achieve or fulfill destiny by your own doing. The second thing the love of God has brought to us as a benefit is the fact that it has given us a life of meaning. If you read from 1st chapter 3 verse 3, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right from the beginning, God created us to live a life of glory and excellence, a life of meaning, a life of purpose. But some way, somehow, we missed that glory when we sinned against God. We missed it. But yes, the God, in his mercies, made provision for our lives. That is why you have to come into understanding that even if you are the only person in this world, Jesus will still have come. If you were just the only person in this world, Jesus would still have come. That should tell you the value God places on his soul. That's why scripture says, heaven rejoices over even a soul, a single soul, that is one. So if you were just the only person in this world, Jesus would have still died for you. His life, his God's love brought us a life of meaning and purpose. We lost that, but yes, still he brought it towards us. That is how come Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. He says he was obedient even to the cross. Despite everything else, God obeyed. He left his glory. He left his majesty, humbled himself to the point of death, and died on the cross for our sake. So that we can be restored back to that life. God originally had in plan for us. That is why he says, the glory which you have given me, I also give to them. To bring us back to God's original plan, right from the book of Genesis, God expects us to live a life of meaning. And that is what his life brought to us. The next benefit which the love of God brought to us has brought us access and restoration. Access and restoration. The sacrifice of Christ on the cross restored our relationship with God. When you study Genesis, it gives you an idea the kind of relationship that existed between God and man. Imagine being in your bedroom and then God walks into your room and just sees Richmond how was your night imagine how that feeling will be how god comes to us in the cool of the day and has fellowship with us but because of our sin we lost that relationship we lost that connection romans 6 23 says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of god is eternal life that's death day, a spiritual death has resulted in divine separation, because God hates sin. But despite the fact that He hates sin, He made provision for our lives to restore us back. That is why, if you study the account in Matthew chapter twenty-seven, it tells you how the curtain in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. That was a public announcement to let us all know that access has been granted us and victory has been won on our behalf. So, at that point, we can now come before the throne of grace and obtain mercy without any sense of guilt and condemnation because we know Jesus has paid the price for us, we know God has paid the price, we know the victory has been won on our behalf. Praise the Lord. Now the fourth benefit which the death or the love of Christ brought to us is it's brought to us healing and deliverance. Scripture calls the enemy the accuser of the brethren, always finding faults, always trying to give us a reason to feel as though God doesn't care about us. Trying to give us a reason to feel as though we don't deserve any good thing from God. Because we may have sinned. But again, the same scripture also tells us we have an advocate, a lawyer, a defense attorney. This is somebody who speaks on our behalf when the enemy presses charges against us. So anytime the enemy presses charges against us or accuses us of anything, he just presents evidence of what he's done, which is his blood. And the blood of Christ is very much important. It's just like what happens to someone when the person is being kidnapped. Kidnappers demand ransom. The ransom serves as a compensation to help redeem back the person who has been uh, captured. In the same way, the blood of Christ compensated for our sins brought us redemption it's just like going to buy something in the supermarket the receipt you are giving shows that you've actually bought something so the blood of christ is our proof of what christ did on the cross is a proof that he died for us he died for us so anytime the enemy wants to draw attention to the fact that we have sinned we are condemned we don't deserve anything good from god we also have to refer him back to what the scripture says. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus has already won the victory. He paid with his life. He paid with his life. That is why as a child of God, you should never allow the enemy to intimidate you. intimidate you. He would always and constantly find faults. Always find faults with us. Do you think you are saved? If you call yourself a child of God, why are you going through so much? Why do you have a lot around you? Why are you facing so many challenges? If you really are the child of God, don't you think God has forgotten about you? Constantly. I told someone, anytime the devil wants to remind you of the past, also remind him of his future. because you will face that. But for your past, it has been taken care of. The sacrifice of Christ on the cross has taken care of your past. So what you have to do is to forge ahead and focus on that victory which the sacrifice of Christ brought to you. Now, having experienced all these benefits, when somebody shows you love, what you have to also do is to also reciprocate that kind of love. So God tells us, he says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. His command tells us to love him with all our hearts, with our souls, and our minds. And to love our neighbors as ourselves. So in loving God, it must be expressed. Not just to God, but towards others. Everybody is actually lovable. There is nobody in this world that is unlovable. And loving somebody shouldn't be a struggle. Because Romans 5, verse 5 says, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. He's the enabler. If you want to rely on your own ability to be able to love somebody it to be difficult, sometimes you know the person has really caused you pain. You just tell yourself, but for Christ. I'll let this go. If you find it difficult, to let go. Just ask the Holy Spirit to help you. To help you deal with it. And to love the person. It could be a friend. It could be a parent. Somebody might have hurt you in the past. That's the time to let go. As proof that you also love God. Imagine God held our sins against us. We wouldn't be seated here. But because of his love for us, that is why we are all seated here. It's the month of the cross. It's a time to also tell somebody about Christ. Let somebody else experience what Christ has done for you. It is not enough to just say you're a Christian. You must show working. Let it be seen in your life. Let somebody experience what it means to be loved by God. For all you know, somebody may never, ever read the Bible. Your life can be the only Bible the person can experience or read. Let that count for God. The question is, God loves you so much regardless of what you've done. But can he count on you to express that love in this world? Bible says, we are the light of the world. A city that is set on our hill cannot be hidden. Let your light so shine before men that men may see your good works and give glory to your Father. Manifesting or expressing love is also letting the light of God in your life shine towards others. God bless you.